and getting out of your way, really scheduling your time, blocking it for this event. And I know that you'll be blessed. It's about, you know what, learning about how men should behave in this world and how we should behave in a way that would glorify the Lord. Is that fine? It's learning much more. Also, that uh, we expect there would be some, you know, we would have some bonding together and knowing how we should be working, behaving in our workplace, in our families, how we would be raising our children. Well, I uh, hope that uh, we will have a good night, okay? We have a very special speaker tonight, and uh, I'm very sure that you would be blessed. Okay, so without further ado, I may like to call Mr. Roy for us to have our icebreaker. So it's about knowing each other in a fun way. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. We're all men here. <laughs> We'd like to try something very crazy. All right. So what we intend to do is to uh, wake up all our uh, yeah muscles. All right. So why don't we all just stand up? and just follow the instruction whatever he does all of you do all right is that clear all right we'll uh, do some uh, minor instructions first because uh, as we say these words you be doing some actions like for example when you hear the word form Right? Yeah. We're gonna be... <laughs> and then when you hear peel... Yeah, right. So he's kind of exaggerating a little bit, but uh, you get the idea. And then you say, go banana. Pastor, go banana. And then there's this squeeze the orange. All right. Slice the apple. All right. Eat the apple. Shut the corn. Pop the corn. And finally, mash the potato. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Okay. Form banana. Form, form banana. Form banana. Form, form banana. And you peel banana. Peel, peel banana. And you peel banana. Peel, peel banana. Then you go banana. Go, go banana. Then you go banana. Go, go banana. And you peel. Sorry. Form the orange. Form, form the orange. Then you form the orange. Form, form the orange. Then you form the orange. Form, form the orange. Then you form the orange. Form, form the orange. Then you squeeze the orange. 
squeeze, squeeze the orange, then you squeeze the orange, squeeze, squeeze the orange, then you form the apple, form, form the apple, then you form the apple, form, form the apple, then you slice the apple, slice, slice the apple, then you slice the apple, slice, slice the apple, then you eat the apple, eat, eat the apple, then you eat the apple, eat, eat the apple, then you form the corn. Form, form the corn, then you form the corn. Form, form the corn, then you shut the corn. Shut, shut the corn, then you shut the corn. Shut, shut the corn, then you pop the corn. Pop, pop the corn, then you pop the corn. Pop, pop the corn, then you form potato. Form, form potato, then you form potato. Form, form potato, then you peel potato. Peel, peel potato. Potato, peel, peel, potato, then you mash, potato, mash, mash, potato, then you mash, potato, mash, mash, potato, yeah! It's the always turn up. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Okay. I think that was an audition for dancers. <laughs> and we were looking for rappers as well. Oh, very good. Okay, thank you so much. And uh, at this portion, we would also like to call on a very special person. Uh, one one uh, proud of ours to be giving his testimony. And uh, it's uh, Mr. Benjamin. Church in 1986 through the invitation of my parents. We attended regularly, but at the end of my university years, I have lost the eagerness of going to church and serving the Lord. I met my wife Bernice in 2004. We dated for three years, but I didn't share the salvation message to her, nor was I a good example. We would only attend a Christian church occasionally where we met Pastor Ryan and Light. This became our routine even after we got married. They intentionally reached out to Bernice, praying for her and inviting her. It took some time but eventually bore fruit. She started showing interest, so we joined a deacon. Sometimes we will attend the Sunday service, but it still wasn't a priority. We wanted our weekends just for relaxing or going out. This continued on until the Lord spoke to me through various CCF seminars. God impacted me through the verse in Matthew 28, 19-20. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the ages. I finally understood that being a disciple and making disciples are the real purposes of being a follower of Christ. I was inspired to share the gospel, but I didn't know who should I disciple. Then I was taught the acoustic effect, which means every family a demon. 
So I started discipling my family. I read the Bible to my two boys. I pray with them every night. We finished reading the children's Bible two times now, and we continue to do so. My kids enjoy it and never heard any complaints from them. Sometimes they would even be the one to initiate reading it. I use the Bible to teach them lessons about God and living in a way that pleases Him. My children enjoy attending Next Gen Sunday School weekly. I ask them what they learn and guide them to apply the lesson in their everyday life. I also disciple and lead my wife. I pray for her and encourage her. When she volunteers for Sunday School, I join the class in order to support her. God continues to open doors for me to serve Him. I have an excitement and sense of privilege, which I didn't have in my growing up years. Recently, I volunteered to help organize the marriage seminar entitled, Becoming Your Spouse's Best Friend. Before going to the meeting, my wife advised me to volunteer only in small part due to our schedules, and I might already exert myself. During the meeting, as we volunteer for com committees, I ended up being asked to be the overall coordinator instead. When I told my wife the story, we, end up, we ended up laughing about it. It's truly a privilege to serve where God provides the opportunity. The skills and processes I learned at my daytime job were applied, this time in the ministry setting. God also opened doors to use me at the office. I would share regularly to my coworkers what I have learned from the Sunday service message. I give them copies of the four W's message summary, and they had positive responses. I pray for them too. I have office mate that eventually attended CCF activities, such as Sunday services, the marriage seminar, and the Bible study classes. Recently, God gave me the opportunity to share the gospel message to my brother-in-law. This was a big answered prayer because my sister has been praying for her husband for many years. Now they attend as a family in a Christian church. Currently, God is using me to organize the upcoming True Life Camp next month on October 21 to 23. I never imagined that I would be this active in serving the Lord. It's amazing and miraculous how God has transformed a complacent Christian like me to step up. God touched my life to be intentional and I responded to be the man that he desires me to be. I am Ben Chui, still very much imperfect and I want God to use me for his glory. Thank you. Thank you very much, my brother. Thank you for that wonderful testimony. Now, I would like to introduce to you our speaker, and as you very well know, he's very special. He was in CCF since 2006, coming from a different church at that time. And uh, he actually attended, no, even as a pastor already, he attended the Biblical Foundation class with three different or many different speakers at that time. So he really wanted to learn, uh, not the CCF way, but into a deeper you know, relationship with the Lord, even if he already knew those stuff. He also was invited after that 
to start speaking in the Filipino service at CCF. And today, he speaks in CCF from 3 to 6 p.m. services. He loves to continuously learn every day. Daily Bible reading is non-negotiable for him. He loves God and is passionate to share God's word to everyone around him. He's married to Neng for 27 years. They have four children. He's a faithful servant of the Lord. And we are very privileged today to have him by God's grace. <laughs> Thank you for providing his uh, uh, safe trip so that he will be here. And he is now in New Zealand. Well, Thank you for his life to be with us, okay? Let's all welcome Pastor Bo Saki. Hi, good evening. Uh, earlier this, uh, actually late this afternoon, uh, Brian asked me if I, we can record a video to invite our fellow Filipinos here in New Zealand. And he was telling me to tell them that I am excited to come. And honestly, I was—I had a mixed emotion because I, I emotions because I was feeling both excited and also not excited, <laughs> something like that. Because I knew that it's not easy for me to speak here. I'm not thinking in English. I always think in Filipino. So every time I speak in English, I have to translate it very, very fast so everybody would understand. Besides, uh, very recently I just came from the U.S. and when I was there. I also gave uh, talks in English, so, but it wasn't that easy to communicate. Now, even with the same English language, we're using the same English language, but because of the pronunciation, we, we, we speak it with different accent. Remember there was a guy coming from Australia, he visited America as a tourist, so then he was almost hit by a car. And the American driver said, he noticed that he was a tourist, that hey, did you come here to die? So he was very angry. And the Australian guy said, No, sir, I came here just to die. <laughs> Even from that point of view, you would easily see the difference. Right? And I, I really am afraid. But you might not understand it because of my accent. Coming from the Philippines, especially from the north, the way we speak English is very hard. Our diction is very hard, like bumper to bumper. <laughs> so I hope you will bear with me. I will try my best to speak uh, uh, with the language that you do understand. I hope that everybody would just say, no worries. <laughs> anyway, praise God. If I were to ask you today or tonight, what is your greatest ability? Personally, what is your greatest ability? To many of us may say, well, I'm a very good in math, or I'm good in, in skills, like I have a very good in, in auto, auto mechanic, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an auto mechanic, I'm good with that. Or maybe some people say, well, I'm good in technology, I'm good in computer. But you know what? If you are to be really honest and seriously think about it, the greatest ability that God has given us is the ability to respond. Which, which means, it, uh, in, in other words, in short, it is, it is responsibility. God has given us the ability to respond to stress, to challenges, to problems, to whatever circumstances that we are facing every day. That is the ability that we are, God has given us 
we, we, God just gave us the, the ability to face those challenges. And God wants us to be able to respond, which makes us humans compared to others, uh, other creation of God. Now, when we look at the animals, they have different ways in responding. Or oftentimes, they are reacting. But to us, we are responding, hopefully, to the situation. God has given us that ability. So He wants us to be responsible. In other words, responsible. Are you following? Now, the reason why I share that with you, because God doesn't want us to be reactive. Are you familiar with the difference when you hear uh, from the medical uh, professor, uh, professionals like saying, well, uh, you see, the medicine, uh, you're reacting to the medicine. So in other words, it's not good for you. Now, but when, when a doctor would say, would tell you, well, you are, the medicine is your body is responding to the medicine. So in other words, it's good for you. So God wants us to respond instead of react in life. Now, that's what I want to talk about tonight. You know why? Because we are living in an age where people are no longer, or their, 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 their attitude is no longer to be, to accept responsibility in life. Now, you just heard the testimony of Benjo. You see, he was talking about discipling the family. Because our society today is really in, has already changed. It has, it, it, the, the, the society has changed because everything rises and falls on leadership. Are you following? Now, since family is the basic unit of the society, if the leadership at home fails, obviously, it will affect the whole society. So if you feel that the, the world is getting bad, you just look at the men or the leaders at home. If you want to see the world to become better, then you look at yourself at the mirror and say, I am the, the very reason why this world is like this. Are you still with me? Uh, I hope you still understand what I'm saying because I don't understand myself. Anyway, <laughs> you just face at the mirror and say, you are the reason. Just, just tell the person beside you, you are the reason why this world is like this. Be the truth is, especially fathers, especially fathers, because you are called to lead at home. So we cannot just, you know, we can just forget our responsibility because of these three personal reasons. We are living in a world where we have this kind of rights mentality. Uh, I have my rights, and that's all I'm interested in. And would you agree that today our society is obsessed with personal rights? I'm very surprised in America you can have your stress leave. If you get stressed, you know, because of your boss, you, it's your right what, to take a leave. The same thing here, right? Wow, you're blessed. <laughs> no, I praise God because in the Philippines, we don't have that, we don't, we don't have that stress uh, leave. Otherwise, no, what, nobody will ever work anymore. <laughs> but the truth is this, everybody wants the right. They always talk about right, right. They have criminal rights, computer rights, animal rights, children rights, victims' rights, abortion rights, housing rights, privacy rights, the right to know the sex of a fetus, the right to own an AK-47 for hunting purposes, the right to not to 
be tested for AIDS, the right not to inform anybody if they've been infected by it. Recently, they have acquired, in America, they have acquired, this was based on the US report, and they have acquired a right to, uh, to die. According to some rather imaginative theorists, a damaged fetus also has the right not to be born. Mental patients used to have the right to treatment, but now they have been dumped on the street. They have an ACLU pro protected right to no treatment at all. You see, the culture of the West, it's affecting the whole world, and they have reached the point where the obsession with individual rights is making it hard for us to think socially. Sobrang hirap ng mag-isip that socially. It's so hard to think socially because we are always thinking of our individual rights. Now, the second thinking is that the victim, victim or the right, or the, what do you call this, the victim mentality. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. You see, what's going on, it's not my fault. It's not my, that's none of my problems at all. In fact, there was a patient uh, who spilled his coffee because of his fear to sleep to, that, to, the, to the wet floor. He, he asked the nurse, uh, excuse me, uh, can you just wipe the, the floor because it's very wet? You see, I could not, I could not just uh, do it for myself and said, Oh, I'm sorry, that's not my responsibility. The, 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 if it's wet, as in the affected area is huge, you have to call the uh, janitors. So he called up the janitors, the service, uh, the cleaning services uh, department, and they said, oh, that's too small. You see, uh, that's, the, that's your work as a nurse. So they were arguing in front of the patient because they, they, one is saying it's too small, the other one was too big. So, what the patient did, he took his a pitcher of water and poured all the pitcher. Is that huge enough? <laughs> so you can decide. So that's the way people think. They always say, oh, that's not my department. That's your department. That's a victim mentality. And at home, that is our greatest problem as fathers. You know why? Especially men. I don't want to speak anymore because I feel I'm a victimized by my wife who speaks so fast. <laughs> I don't, want, I don't want to argue with her anymore, so I'll just keep quiet. I'll just go out with, some, with my friends. I'm a victim of a nagging wife. I know that some of you could not laugh because your wife told you not to. <laughs> no, that's the problem nowadays. Now, look at this. In fact, there was, in America, you would be surprised. Uh, they wrote a something, A Nation of Victims, The Decay of American Culture. This is a book, uh, and this is what it says. An FBI agent embezzles $2,000 from the government, then he loses it all in an afternoon of gambling in Atlantic City. He's fired, but he wins reinstatement after the court rules that his affinity for gambling with other people's money is a handicap, and thus as a handicap, it is protected under federal law. Can you imagine? Well, this is really crazy. In Framingham, Massachusetts, for example, a young man steals a car from a parking lot and is killed while driving it. His family then sues the proprietor of the parking lot for failing to take steps to prevent such theft. And they won. <laughs> now, you see, this is the world that we're living in. 
We blame everybody about our fault. And, and the last mentality that, we, that, really that, that, that destroys us is the entitlement mentality. I deserve this. I deserve this. You see, as if the world owes us a living, we are the center of the universe. So when we do not accept or receive what we think we deserve, especially at home, we withdraw. Or we force the issue to, uh, to the, the, rest of the, the rest of the family because we feel that we are entitled to it. How many of you are not yet married? You're single. Yeah. Especially the millennials. This is your greatest problem. In fact, we always feel that our parents should give this to us. They are, we are entitled to a cell phone. We are entitled to a new shoes. We are entitled to a car. We are entitled to that. And what if your parents would say, I'm entitled to kill you too? <laughs> and that's the truth. You see, friends, that's why we don't know anymore how to deal with these issues. So as men, we need to understand something. The Bible teaches us something very important. Live life with a sense of responsibility because we were created by God to be responsible to the situation. We don't need to just react by looking for our rights, that's reacting, by demanding our, what we deserve, that's reacting, or by thinking that we are victimized because we are reacting. God wants us to respond. And not those who don't know the meaning of life, but as those who do. Look at the words. Look at the words. Sense of responsibility. Now, friends, this is something very important. We, we, we live, if we want to be fulfilled in life, we, we need to be, to exercise or to assume responsibility. The more we excuse ourselves, the more we destroy our being as a person. Because that is our design. We were designed to respond. We are designed to be responsible. Please tell the person beside you, you are designed to be responsible. That's your design. In fact, when God created human beings, okay, Please bear with me because some of us would, might not believe that we are created beings. Some of us would say, no, we just evolved. Now, if we just evolved, aren't you surprised that you evolved to the point that you are able to respond to situation? You see, that's something mind-boggling. If there was no creator, wow, we are just all accidental. Look at the person, you're not, an, you're not uh, created by accident. You may look as one, but no, 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 But you see, it was by design. Aren't you surprised that we look differently from each other? Uh, look at the person beside you. No, aren't you happy you do not look like him? No, 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 not for not to insult, but just to remind us that we are indeed important, or we are, we are. Meaning we are very crucial or very important because we're different from each other. Remember at work, if you are doing the same thing, it's already redundant, right? So some are laid off because of redundancy. So if you are the same, for example, Paul, and what's your name, sir? Otto. 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 <laughs> Otto, for example, can you imagine if Otto 
looks like Paul. His height, their heights are the same. They think the same. As in, their likes are the same. Their dislikes are the same. One of them is no longer necessary. Tama? So if you look at the person is different, you say, wow, God, I'm, I do not look like him. It means I am also needed. I'm also important. So this is what exactly God is telling us. I want you to be responsible. If you become, as in you realize how important you are as a person, then God wants to use you for his glory. But don't ever forget that we are to give an account before our creator on how we have lived our calling. Whether we like it or not, one day you and I will face our creator. No wonder, even if you don't believe that we are created, there's some form of fear of facing death. Not because of what we have not achieved in life, not because of what we did, but because of what we failed to do. We often think, wow, I... How I wish I'd done this. How I wish I'd done. I've seen so many people dying on their deathbed. They were saying the same thing. They were not saying, oh, how I wish, uh, how I wish, I, uh, how I wish that I'm excited to die. No, they always say, how I wish I've done this. How I wish I, I, I've done more for my wife, for my family. They always have the, those kinds of regrets in their lives because of their failure to do what they think necessary, but they fail to do it. They never said, oh, I praise God that I had a car before I die. To us, when I was younger, I always think, wow, I just, just to have a Mercedes Benz would be enough. I would be happy. I experienced to have a Mercedes Benz when I was younger. But you know what? I convinced myself eventually. I'm telling everyone, don't worry about that Mercedes Benz. When you die, you will still use that if you want. <laughs> Not, in fact, you're, you would be in a box inside the Mercedes-Benz. <laughs> the point is this, friends. The Bible tells us that nothing in all the world can be hidden from God, and everything is open before Him. And to Him, look at the words, we must explain the way we have lived. In other words, you have no secret before our Creator. Uh, I, I, just this morning, oh, yesterday, oh, just this morning when we were talking during, uh, during breakfast, we were talking about criticism, and I was asked, how do you feel? To me, I have no problem with criticism. My problem is the praises of men. You know why? People might think, wow, you're God, how I wish to be like you. But I'm afraid that when we get together and we were Sit, standing together before God, and God would just expose before us who I really am. I said, wow, God. Because you're a lot Some basis. I could not imagine myself, really, with all the praises, and God really knows everything. Are you following? And I just thanked the Lord one time. I said, God, that salvation is not by our works. It's all by your grace. And thank you that even with what we do in life, it's all by your grace. 
that in, somehow gives me that excitement to see heaven or to see Jesus in heaven. But the truth is, it's not about you know the criticism. It's more on the praises of men. We love those. Wow, congratulations, congratulations. But the question is, he knows our hearts. He knows everything, especially those things that we thought nobody knew. Grabe, no? Okay? Even our parents, we can fool them. But God, He knows it. In fact, even us fathers, we can fool our, our, the rest of the family members. But God knows everything. Now, I don't want you to be afraid of, because of that issue. I want you to be encouraged, in fact. Because there are times that people seemingly do not recognize what we are doing for them. And they always think that we are so selfish. Tamaba? Especially us guys. We think the, the wife would always think that we're selfish because we do not understand what they feel. The truth is that we could not understand their language because they speak in tongues. <laughs> so, it, it, hopefully it encourages us to tell us, God, since you know everything, will you just explain it to my wife? So, let's continue. So, in other words, each of us will give a personal account to God. So, God wants us to be responsible in the most important areas of our lives. He does not only want us to be responsible with what we do, but we also God wants us to be responsible with the people we are related with or the people around us. Look at this. People should be concerned about others, not just about themselves. So, in other words, we are to live responsibly. So, to live responsibly is to live intentionally responsible. In other words, if you want to be responsible, you want to really exercise your ability to respond, you do it intentionally. Sa Tagalog, sadyain mo. Nagkakanidian tayo? I'm sorry, I'll explain. Do you understand? <laughs> sorry. You have to be intentional. You should really do it purposely. Uh, you have to decide. So in other words, be intentional. Be intentional. We are meant to live intentionally and not accidentally. So let me repeat. Be intentional. Now the question is how to be responsible in the most important areas of our lives. First, family. You see, Zig Ziglar beautifully said this. As the family goes, so goes the nation. If you want to see the future of New Zealand, just look at the families we have. Then we would know what kind of country we would have in the near future. Just look at our children. Just look at our, uh, basically, look, just look at ourselves. Then we would know what kind of country we would have. In fact, that's my fear about the Philippines. It's not about President Duterte. It's not about him. It's more of the family, especially for us Christians who claim to be followers of Jesus. If we could not show them and model to them the kind of family that God desires, how can we expect for the country to be changed? I'm speaking, for example, you have seen CCF. It's so big, right? Just watch them, just the parking alone, when, before they get inside the service. Just watch every family coming from the car, how they hated each other. The husband said, you were already late. What's he doing? The, the wife would not speak and walk past. <laughs> Everybody was not talking to each other. Uh, grabe. And I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that they're bad. What I'm saying is, just look at these people. 
They say that to worship the Lord. They would even sing, we are one, the band of love. And yet they hate each other at home. Doon palang alam mo na nung kinabukasan eh. That alone will help you to understand your future of the country. Diba? Kaya nga, when you look at the families, for example, in fact, one of our leaders said, I, they don't, I don't care, uh, I do my job as a lawmaker, and my family, my private life has nothing to do with it. You're wrong. Because the basic unit of the, family, uh, the society is family. If the family is bad, the society will be bad. Katama si Zig Ziglar. As the family goes, so goes the nation. How's your family so far? Now, this is very bad. In the West, the family in the Western world has been radically altered. Some claim almost destroyed by events of the last three decades. Have you noticed what's going on in America today? They used to be the world, the as in everybody, every nation follows them. Tama? But look at them now. Even our own very president would speak bad about them. As in, no fear. Grabe, no? Ganyan na yung kasama ng kalalagayan. That's how bad their condition is. Grabe namang hirap na ito, oh. <laughs> Now, look at this. Social landscape of family life. For example, the scale of marital breakdowns in the West since 1960 has no historical precedent. There has been nothing like it for the last 2,000 years. And probably longer. Now, look at this. The family has been slowly coming apart for more than a hundred years. The problem is merely becoming more pronounced and impossible to ignore. If left unchecked, it will certainly lead to a disastrous end. Look at values and beliefs based on the survey on morality in family, United States, Gallup organization, child out of wedlock. Morally acceptable in 2002, 45%. In 2015, 61%. Can you imagine? It's okay. Now, no stability and commitment to raise a child. Now, in worldwide trend, European continent, 2010, out of wedlock birth rates doubled between 1990 and 2008. 1990, 17.4. 2008, 59%. Can you imagine? One out of every, stu uh, no, every two students, one of them is born out of wedlock. No parents, no committed parents to take care of them. Krabi kawawa. Now look at this. China, 2015. Divorce rates climbed for over a decade. 3.6 million couples divorced. 3.9 more than the previous year. In the United Kingdom, 2014, number of children living with both parents by the start of secondary school, 1969, 90%. At the time of report, 61%. Krabing bagsak. Now, Findings, higher levels of happiness in intact family than those with separated parents. Behavioral problem, 15% single parent or step parent. One out of 10, two natural parents. Now, family breakdown has not stopped since 1997. It only accelerated. Then whose responsibility is this? The wife? No. The man. You just tell the person, you are the man. 
you are the one responsible. Even for you who are not yet married, I'm telling you, you're dreaming to get married someday. But the problem, that question is this, are you ready to take that responsibility? No, don't just, don't just dream to have a wife and say, wow, so beautiful. The question is, are you ready to be responsible for the next generation? This is our greatest challenge now. This is, this is why we did not bring the wives here because they would, again, stop us from learning. <laughs> we need to remind ourselves who we are. We are the leader of our family. If we say, because you know my wife, you don't understand. You don't know my wife. No, I don't care who your wife is. What I care is who you are. Because you are the leader. Look at the words. Husbands, this is how we should live our wife. We should lead our family. First, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that we might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. The first thing that we need to do for wives to listen to us, for wife, for in order for us to lead our wives, they must first trust us. They must trust our love for them. And the love that they can trust is the same love that Jesus Christ showed us. He was willing to give himself up for the church. So God wants us to exercise this for our wives. If our wives would look at us, will they really say, well, my husband is really willing to die for me? How would they know? Now, I remember when I was still, we were still new uh, as, uh, as, as a couple. Now, we are 37 years as uh, married. Now, we were, during our first two years, wow, it was really like a hell. But we're Christians. Yeah, just to show you how bad I was. Because my wife, wow, she was always jealous. And you cannot blame her. No, no, no. Because I was too busy. No, no, no. Please, don't get me wrong. I was too busy. <laughs> my time for her was too limited. So, one time, I was asking God. I could not control it anymore. When I was, when I was not yet with the Lord. When I get angry, whatever I'm holding, I really throw it to anybody, especially to those whom I really hated. Or I would just throw a punch. So I was about to really hit her hard. And there was a voice telling me, no, don't do that. So I went out of the room and strike the wall. Pah! It was so painful. <laughs> I suck it. Oh, it was so painful. I was crying. God, God, change her. You called me to the ministry and look at her. I thought you gave me a support. I thought you gave me a partner in the ministry. But look at her. Change her or else remove her. <laughs> Take her. I offer her to you. <laughs> no, I really prayed those words and said, and I said, God, while I was really uh, seen, massaging my, my wrist, or then I remembered my ring. And this ring symbolizes no beginning, no end, the love of God. Because ours, we have limits. Our love has limits. So I began to ask God, forgive me. I pray, Lord, to extend my limited love with your infinite love. Allow me to love her with your love. So as I was praying that, I was already thinking of not sleeping beside her. I was thinking of sleeping outside the room because I was really angry. And there was somehow an impression telling me, go inside, sleep beside her. I said, I can't do that. I, I, I hate her. No, 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 no. It's not about your love. Your love, you hate her. 
But my love, I love her. So tell her, <laughs> and she was like that, and she was sleeping like that. I said, no, she was already sleeping. The truth is, she, did, she was not, because she was also prepared. <laughs> Just in case, no? In case of any eventualities. So she was prepared. So, so, so I just told her, sorry. I, I said, I love you. Then he said, sorry, sorry. So she, then I asked the Lord, what's really wrong about her? Why is he so jealous? I'm not that handsome. I'm not a showbiz type personality. So why is she jealous? And said, you're not giving her time. So I decided at that time to set, as in to set Monday as her date, as her day. She will decide on where to go. She will decide on where, where I will bring her to enjoy our time together. So Monday, it's non-negotiable. Nobody can invite me on Mondays. So on that very, on that one, one Monday, as I was buying something for our, for, for our lunch, my barcada before, yeah, mga barcada ko, uh, they were part of the Marikina Table Tennis Club. So I used to be part of that club, but I don't really know how to play uh, table tennis. I just joined them <laughs> just to say I'm good. <laughs> so, so, so when they saw me, oh, partners, I mean, we've been a oh, long time no see. Why don't we just play table tennis at our home? No, I'm sorry. This is Monday. This is my date for my wife. Oh, under desire. No, the under desire in English is you are under the skirt of your wife. So you just, you, you just follow whatever she wants. No, no, you don't understand. This is my commitment to her. I love her. And they told me, come on, you're always with your wife. We just, we see each other once in a while. So why don't you just join us tonight, just this time? Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I was really telling you, you're right. We just see once in a while. So even if you do hate me, at least we don't see so often. So no, we don't see often. So it's okay if you get angry. But for my wife, I see her every day. I don't want to get, no, I don't want to see her angry. And you know, because of such a decision, I really felt how God was really healing our relationships. And I'm telling you, we've been 27 years, but up to today, I still feel that we are just, you know, in our honeymoon. Oh, you are? Tomorrow, you will see my wife. She's really beautiful. But, you know, the Lord changed. In fact, there was a time, even to watch a movie, I would even have to ask her. So one time, I told her, can we watch a movie? Because, you know, in our, at that time, I was not yet in CCF. Uh, they were re, we were required to watch a certain movie. If you still remember it, Gladiator. Uh, Gladiator. So can you just join me? Oh, she hates mo watching movies. So, so. Okay, okay, just for this, huh? but we will still go around. Okay, sure. Well, no, that's a very short movie. Don't prob no problem. So when we got there, I didn't know it was long. So when it was at the climax, I look at my watch. I said, ooh, every shop is closing. And, said, and I didn't know that she looked also at my watch and said, I told you, you fooled me. You, I, you can, we cannot go around again. You, you just used me for tonight. I, I said, then I really felt gladiator transferred to at my side. I said, thank them all. And so I said, okay, okay, no problem. Let's go, let's go. But you need to understand, I'm, I'm a high body Lucano blood. You, you paid for it. You have to finish it, right? But again, I was thinking, you see, I said, okay, let's go. 
without, I know, okay, let's go, let's go. Where do you want to go? Eh, women are liars, remember. They would often, hindi mo na ba tatapusin? <laughs> Pag tinapos mo, tapos ka. Uh, uh, sa English, <laughs> will you not finish the movie? The truth is, they're not really after finishing the movie because if you do, you're finished. <laughs> oh, okay, dream pala, no? <laughs> so I said, no, 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 I don't need to finish the movie. Let's just go. And I said, then at that time, she, she asked me when we got home, why did you choose not to finish the movie? You see, I don't want to stay with Gladiator for the rest of my life. I want to stay with you. Yeah. Can you imagine? She will turn to be Gladiator <laughs> if I finish the movie. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is exactly what God was telling us. But the moment they trust your love, I'm telling you, when you decide, they know that they can trust you. They know that they will listen to you because they know that you, you are after their welfare. This is why God is telling us, love them, sanctify them. Because nothing else can really help them to be set apart. For them to understand, you are set apart by God for me. It's not the barkada. When we got married, we already told our wife, I already turned my back from all the billions of women all over the world just to be with you. And to some, not only women, also men. <laughs> just to be with you. That's what we are saying when we say, I want to be with you. So every time they ask me, Who's the beautiful, most beautiful woman in the world? Obviously, my wife, next to my mom. <laughs> and what I'm saying is this. We need to see things that way, and they will trust us. We can take the lead. We can tell them this is what we should do. Why? Because they know they can trust us. Now, let's continue. Look at this. That he might present to himself, the church in all her glory, without wrinkles. So husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who, he who loves his own wife loves himself. Look, you, this is also for you. If you love your wife, you love yourself. You know, there was a survey done in Germany. You would be surprised. Those men who kiss their wives every morning live longer than those who do not. Can you imagine? So if you do not kiss your wife, I'm telling you, you'll die early. <laughs> now, another thing. It, based on sick leaves and based on uh, rep, uh, accidental reports, they are 50% less prone to accident and to sickness compared to those who do not kiss their wives every morning. Terrible. Siyempre, hindi sila nilalason eh. the truth is this. Talagang sabi, wow, itong eh, pinakamatindi. They earn 20 to 30% more money than those who do not kiss their wives every morning. You want to get wealthy? <laughs> kiss your wife. No. You see, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. Now, what about the children? Listen to this. Fathers. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It is our responsibility as men to teach our children how to really love God, how to ob observe His words. It is our, not the parents, not the wife. Okay, you teach them, not the Sunday school teacher. It is us 
We need to tell them. We need to teach them. We need to model to them how to do it. They need to see us, that it is our priority. That even in the midst of all the problems we have, we put God as our priority. They would see us. And I'm very surprised, in fact, when my son had a problem, I saw him kneeling down. I said, what are you doing? I'm praying. I mean, why? I have a problem. Good. Where did you learn that? From you. You know, knowing that they would see what, how we do things. In, in fact, they are watching us. Our children are watching us. They watch us on how we respond to situations. They're watching us. And that is our opportunity to teach them. And whenever we have problems, in fact, when I was being kicked out from the ministry where I came from, I never spoke anything against the church. I just kept on following. You know why? I was thinking of my family. I was thinking of my children. Because if I will speak anything against my leadership, they would think, wow, this is how to respond to situation like this. You destroy them back. You also destroy what they're, whatever they're doing. You get even or worse. Tama? But I praise God. They had no hates. They had no bitterness. They would love still the people who seem to be hating me. Because to me, I told them, no, they don't hate me. God is still in sovereign. He knows what's going on. God is just using them. Remember Joseph? Remember his brothers? His own brothers sold him to slavery. But what, look at what Joseph said. They meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So I was telling that. In fact, my daughter was asking me, because there was a guy, I was very close to that guy before, so I often say, oh, come on, how are you? And they would, he would, then, then he would just ignore me as if I did not exist. He would just pass. And my daughter said, Dad, why do you still greet that person? Because every time I see you greeting him, he just ignores, he just ignores you. So why are you still greeting him? No, 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 no. Don't you ever forget this. Overcome evil with good. And after a few months, that same guy came to me for help. And now he's in CCF. Bring the Lord. And my daughter said, you're right, Dad. You overcome evil with good. Don't. He might think he's evil. So just keep quiet. Okay? <laughs> so listen to this. It is our responsibility to teach our children our attitude when we are to listen to the word of God, our attitude when we minister to share the gospel, our attitude when we pray, our attitude when the things of God, they are watching us. They're watching us. The attitude that we have towards our wife, the way we speak to our wife, oh, they're just watching us. Some men, we're not careful. When we talk to our wife, we talk down to our wives. So the wife would also talk down to us once they get the opportunity. And oftentimes, they have it. <laughs> so you be, be very, very careful because they are watching us. Now, next, to live responsibly is to live intentional responsible. This is why we need to also take care of our mind, our faculty. You see, our family is not built by nice house or nice car. It is not built by the society. The society is built by the families we have. So the families are established by, not just by getting married. It's built by wisdom. A house is built by understanding. It is the house is established by understanding, by wisdom. So we need to learn. We need to keep on learning on how to do things. We need to learn how to discipline. We need to learn. 
we are so privileged in CCF. We have those kind of trainings. We have family retreats. We have parenting seminar. It, it's a great help for us. I learned a lot from that because I don't know how to be a parent too. Because I was very abusive. I grew up in a family that was very abusive. My father, can you imagine? Everybody was asking, how come you are being called Bong today? Your real name is Rito. That's very far, Rito, Bong. Where did you get the Bong? You just don't understand when I was younger, they called me Bobong. Because according to my dad, I am the most stupid among all the saking. Bobong saking. Bobong means stupid. So when I became a Christian, I removed the Bo. It's only Bong. Because in Korea, Bong means strong and handsome. <laughs> you see, you have to start. So, I was also, I didn't know. When it comes to relationship, I know, I saw how my dad would slap my mom and really hold her to, in, her, in her neck. Wow, I, I, I saw that, I saw how when she, got, when she pulled his gun and pointed it to my mom, I saw it because my mom also pulled her gun and pointed it at me. And I could never forget it. <laughs> I really couldn't forget it. And I said, wow, that's the kind of family we had. I don't have a good model. But I praise God our family became a Christian. But of course, uh, it was too late. My dad died early at the age of 59. And my mom was bedridden at the age of 70. So for five years, so I was saying, Lord, but you know what? I praise God that though I may not have good models as a family, I have God who showed me right models. So when I, when I transferred in CCF, I really am so blessed to see how Pastor Peter uh, uh, parent his children, how the other pastors are doing it for their children. Little by little, I, I, learned the, I learned the principles and I apply it to my family. I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but at least it has a great impact. It made a great impact on us. And I praise God because my son, who was a special kid, the, the, the teacher said, or the doctor said, he could not, uh, I could not, I could not attend a regular class because he was special. And you know what? He was able to finish as a computer engineer. By God's grace, I listened and I just did what I learned from, from the training. So my daughter graduated in UP, civil engineer. And my twins are both graduating also in UP. So praise God. Because, but, and the most, the most uh, uh, blessing, the greatest blessing I have received from these children, I have no worries for them. I don't, buy, I don't tell them, oh, don't get involved into relationship. You know, I would often hear my daughter say, you know, dad, uh, they were inviting me for a drinking session. I didn't join them because I told them, you know, I'm sorry. I belong to a Christian family and my dad loves us so much and I don't want to hurt him. So that alone is a great blessing already. Why? Because I followed the instruction of the Lord. I learned it from my, peop from my mentors. So we're so blessed because we can learn that from each other. That is the reason why we have CCF. It's not just having a church. No, it's really living out the church that we should be. Helping one another because we're not perfect. We're not afraid to tell people what's wrong with us. In fact, one time, uh, my greatest problem is my temper. When I got angry, I really hit the wall. And I didn't realize that the wall that we were staying was no longer a concrete, concrete wall, but a hard deflex. 
So when I hit it, there is, a, there is a great evidence. It was hit. But I was so afraid with my temper, I went straight to, see, to Pastor Peter. I said, Pastor Peter, please pray for me. I lost my temper. I could not understand this. I mean, okay, from now on, I will keep on asking you, how, are your, how is your temper going? Every time I see, how are you? Did you get angry this time? I'm getting angry now. No, just kidding. <laughs> so every time I see him, he would ask. But I praise God because I don't want to tell him, I'm angry again. No, I want to tell him, I'm improving. I got better. And he would ask my children, how's your dad? How's his temper? And I said, wow. Oh. But I praise God. You ask my children now. They would say, no. He says, okay. Otherwise, we would be dead. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I praise God for my, for my children. I praise God because I learned a lot from our pastors. So I encourage you. I encourage you because we have that in our, in our ministry. I know that Ryan is having that also. Huh? My parenting seminar. No? Good. Now, that's why the Bible tells us a wise person is hungry for truth while the fool feeds on trash. Now, fathers, listen to this. Don't allow yourself to be fed with trash. With the TV that we're watching, no, yung mga sa computer that we're watching. Sometimes we are just allowing ourselves to be dumped with so much trash. When we begin to laugh with green jokes, now you're beginning to understand that the trust is getting you know, used to our heart. And that's not good for us. We better guard ourselves. Uh, my, my children would often watch me. If there's a green joke, they would see me not laughing. In fact, they know that I, I love jokes. But they know also that I know how to choose the kind of jokes I listen to. So they're watching me, how I watch TV, they're watching. So I'm telling you, don't allow yourself also with the, with the music that we're listening, be very careful. With the movies that we're watching, we must be very careful. Every time we watch TV, for example, we watch together as a family. Then if there's a part of kissing, kissing scene, for not yet husband and wife, I would tell them, oh, that's trash, transfer. Oh, that's trash. Oh, that's nice. So we, we discuss that. And now when I watch them also, when they watch on their own, I would see them transfer channels or change channels every time they see trash. Fathers, we need to tell them and to teach them how to distinguish trash from gems. Okay pa? Sanay na ba kayo niyan? Nakuha So we need to teach them. So listen to this. To live responsibly is to live intentionally responsible. Will you please say it with me? To live in responsibly is to live intentionally responsible. Now, another thing that we need to be very careful about is finances. Don't you know that in the U.S., most the divorce rate has reached its, high, its highest, not because of marital affairs. Oftentimes, the reason was about money. They don't know how to handle their finances. You see, we, God teaches us how to handle our finances. Our finances are enough. God will always provide us enough for our sustenance. But the problem is this, we don't know how to use our money. It's not about the amount of money we have, it is how we use the money we have. I was very confident because when I started in the ministry, we had no salary. 
And God able to sustain us, as in He provided for us. But I always learn something. The principle that I first learn and I teach my children is this. The principle of 10-1-1-1. Do you know the 10-1-1-1? Every, every 10 pesos you should receive, 1 peso goes to God. 1 peso goes to the ministry, to the Lord. 1 peso goes to your investment savings. In other words, you plan. And 1 peso goes to your emergency savings. Now, once you are learning that and you're gaining enough, you would be surprised. You will increase your, your, your contribution to the ministry. You will increase your savings. You will, and you will just need, we do, you don't need to buy so much. When we were in a, no, we, we were in a shop, in a ship shop, when I was looking at the little mementos, and my wife would say, that's nothing. We cannot use that. It's just good when you see it now. When we get home, it will just be you know, all over the places. And it, it's nothing, it's useless. I go, yeah, you're right. Kaya, we, walang ka-pressure, pressure. See, when we were in Japan, I told my children, okay, here's your, your money. You buy anything you want, as long as you follow the five principles. Is it glorifying to God? Is it a blessing to, your, to other people? Will it do good to you? Will it also bring glory and honor to our country? <laughs> so since they could not follow everything, they were not able to buy anything. <laughs> so they came and said, oh, what happened? Oh, we have still money. <laughs> okay, use that for your education. <laughs> you see, the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. So be very careful. By just, with, with the way we spend our money, they can easily see who is our priority. Now listen to this. The fool thinks only about having a good time now. And that's why we need to be responsible. We need to be intentional to teach our children the issue of our finances. Now, what are we? We need to be intentional in our family, intentional to our, with our faculty, keep on growing as a father, as a man, because they will ask you questions. In fact, my children, I praise God for them because they, when they were young, I don't need to give them a tutor. They study on their own. And if they don't know anything, they would ask me and they would be surprised because I also don't know it. So I was just teaching. I would teach them how to do it, to do research, to study. And even the way I study at home, I teach them how I use the computer. So now, wow, they're the one teaching me. What I'm saying is this. You are responsible for how you develop your faculty. Now, you are so responsible on how to manage your finances. Don't get angry when you don't have money. Teach them to earn with you and to use the money with you. When I had problems, I would tell them, oh, we don't have enough money now, so what should we do? What do you have? What do you have? And they would bring out their savings and said, okay, dad, let's start with this. Okay, pa? hindi problema. So to live responsibly is to live intentionally responsible. Now, how about feedback? This is the most important. Now, listen to this. When we hear feedbacks from our, the way we react, the way we answer them back, especially to our children, most of the problem in the family, most of the things that we get, we lose our, our influence as a leader at home, is the way we handle feedbacks. We are not perfect. Do you agree with that? Now, since we're not perfect, then be willing to listen to the feedbacks from, coming from our wives. Because they always see our imperfection. 
Tama? But every time they say something and we fight back, tapos na. They will not listen to us anymore. They must see the authenticity in us. Kapati, I, sweetheart naman. Ah, oh, ba? I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll try to improve. So what I did, because we have, our children, they have these emotional wounds. They have these wounds inside them that they do not tell us. Okay? And because they, we are the most uh, misunderstood person in the family. I say we get angry, we are so disciplinarian, so they misunderstand us. We re- they rarely see us, then all of a sudden we will teach them. Then they will get angry, they will react for the, to the way we, we deal with them. So the first thing I learned from Pastor Peter was this, to ask how you will improve as a father. So I gathered my children, we talked, we have a family meeting, and I asked them, how can I improve as a father? So nobody was talking because they were afraid. They knew me that I will get angry. So I said, this time I will not react. I will not speak. I will just listen to you. And I, will, I pray that I will improve. So help me. Can we say anything? As in, as in anything, no holds barred? Sure. When they began speaking, I really wanted them to get out of the house and say, stay and live on your own. <laughs> but... I kept my, my, my composure and said, God, help me on this. Then when they were talking, I thought they would say, you're perfect, you're good. But oh, everything, I could not imagine how bad I was. So when they were saying, I said, I'm so sorry, forgive me. I never realized that I was like that. And you know, so when we came home at around 12 midnight, I had an appointment in my calendar. I said, oh, I'm sorry, I have to sleep now. I have to prepare. So at 3 o'clock, I woke up, I left, then I came home at 10. Then my, my children would say, oh, dad, can we just talk? Oh, can you just give, excuse me for tonight? Because you see, I, have, I was not able to finish what I was supposed to do. So I have to, I have to rush again tomorrow at 5 a.m. Sure, not brown out. There was a blackout. I don't know, blackout ang gamit ito, no? When you have no power supply, Ano? Pa- outage naman. Power outage. So there was no light. <laughs> it was dark. <laughs> no air conditioning. Unlike here, you have air conditioning all over the place. <laughs> so so I, it was really hot. In the Philippines, when you say hot, it's really hot. <laughs> so there was a window over here and I was asked, Lord God, please give me a chance to sleep. And say, Let's sleep because I have to drive. It was, it, the place is far. And all of a sudden, I felt a cool breeze coming from my left. And we have no window here. And I just opened my eyes a little and I saw my children as in fanning me. So I, I reacted like, oh, it's, oh, my dad's getting... So they fast faster. Then after a while, I woke up and said, oh, what are you doing? Because I want you to sleep soundly. What about your sister? What is he doing there? We take turns. Wow. So when I left, he, she gave every, my staff, she prepared my staff, she put them in, inside the car and said, Dad, you take care. She did not wake up my, his, her mom because it's good. When I was about to drive, she said, oh God, thank you. Thank you for giving me children who, takes care, who take care of me. At least I did not let them get out of the house. <laughs> now what I'm saying is this. Your children are gifts from God. Love them. Treasure them. 
take care of them. Teach them how you handle feedbacks and you learn from them. You see, a fool expresses all his emotions. Remember when you're angry, you, the father will always say, I'm tired, I, am, I have right, I have all the rights to vent my emotion. And the Bible tells us, no, a fool expresses all his emotions, but a wise person controls them. Kindly tell the person beside you, you're wise, remember? You're wise. Control your emotion. Okay? People will be responsible for every, look at the words, careless word they have said. You will be responsible. You may not be aware of it, but you will be responsible for every careless word you have said. So don't let evil get the best of you, but conquer evil by doing good. So friends, to live responsibly is to live intentionally responsible. And finally, we are responsible for our fiasco. What is fiasco? It is learning to accept our failures, our mistakes in life. We are not perfect. Don't act as if we're perfect. You see, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. Now friends, as we were talking, you would see, oh, what? I have so many things to improve on. But I'm telling you, we are one body. We help one another. Don't be afraid to be open. Because we're, sa totoo lang, this is our greatest problem. We have this male pride. In Filipino, we call this, nakakalalaki ka na. How do you say that in English? Huh? Huh. Hirap, no? You're getting bigger. <laughs> no, we have that kind of things no? in the Philippines. You never hear that among women, nakakababae ka na, ganyan. It's only for men. It's a male pride. Parang, don't be, uh, don't think that you're better than me. Something like that. Uh, you're not better than me. If you, uh, are you telling me that you're better than me? As, as if, that's the Tagalog, ka na. So, you're, you're pretending to be better. But what I'm saying is this. As a man, we must be willing to be humble enough to admit that we're still humans. And as humans, we have weaknesses. Tama? Then we need to help each other as men. We cannot tell our wives, you know. But as men, we know our problems. We know how that we are experiencing problems. And in fact, most of our problems are common. And surprisingly, some of us have already overcome the problems that we are experiencing. So once we hear them say, and they will give us some advice, wow, it would be a great help for us to become better. Tama? So we need to admit. We need to admit. In fact, let us stop pointing our fingers at someone else and try to pass the blame. Because our problem our tendency is this, this is not my fault, this is your fault. No. Don't look at what others should have done. Look at what you should have done. You focus on what you should have done. Dun ka lang, wag sa iba. Then you ask help. Then once you realize it, then be willing to admit that we are all sinners. In fact, that is exactly why Jesus Christ came. You see, all of us have fallen short. Yet now God has declares us not guilty. Look at this. If we trust Jesus Christ, who freely takes away our sins. You see, friends, we know that we have problems. Unless we admit that, we can never become better. And we will never ever fix our problem. We need to admit and say, and I praise God because God already told us that. When we became Christians, He already declared us, you see, you are all sinners, but I declare you not guilty. So with that in mind, you don't have nothing to prove. Everything is to 
improve. We have nothing to prove. We just need to admit that we need help. Okay po? We need help. That's why in 1 John, look at this. If we confess our sins, look at the words. He is faithful and righteous. Why righteous? Can you imagine we're the ones who committed mistakes? We're the ones who committed sin. And yet God said, it is but right for me to forgive you. Why? Because I died. I paid for that already. I died for you already. I've dealt with that issue of sin already. So you just need to acknowledge it. And it is but right for me to forgive you now. Okay po? So sabi, and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Nakuha natin. So let's just admit. And if we're that, Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you. Because if you, have forg- if, if you receive that forgiveness, meaning God is giving you another chance to become better. Not to become perfect. Because you can't be perfect. Just look at the person beside you. Say, you are not perfect. You may look handsome, but you're not perfect. Okay? No matter what you do, you can never be perfect. So listen to this. I hope that even our imperfection will bring blessing to our family. And let me end with this video. Ah. Sorry, sorry. Ulitin natin. Para may sound. Daddy is the sweetest daddy in the world. Daddy is the most handsome. The smartest. The most clever. The kindest. my Superman. Daddy wants me to do well at school. Daddy is just great, but... He lies. about having a job. He lies about having money. He lies that he is not tired. He lies that he is not hungry. The speaker lies. 
Okay na? May connection na lang. May connection na lang, speaker. Walang battery. Walang battery. Wala atang sound na Friends, one time I attended a funeral service and the speaker said, this guy is very successful. I was surprised because that guy was really poorer than most of us are. And he said, not because of what he achieved in life. If you want to see his real success, just look at the look, look at his children this guy is a very successful one friends if you really want to see whether you're really successful or not it's not about your work it's not how much you have it is when you look at your children you'll know if this if our children our family are really understand they understand that their priority is their God. And they pursue the very plans of God. I'm telling you, you'll never regret it. This is why God wants us to live 
responsibly. Because to live responsibly is to live intentionally responsible. Let me repeat. Be intentional. Be intentional in leading your family. Be intentional in building up your faculty. Be intentional, as in be intentional in teaching our family about our finances. Be intentional in telling our children on how to handle feedbacks and how to handle our fiasco. Be intentional in leading them to Jesus. Because one day you and I will face our Creator and will ask us, how is your family? Where are they? Lord, they are with me. And together with the other families that we have influenced because of you. Okay, pa. Shall we just bow down our heads and close our eyes? Friends, you know who you really are. People may speak well of you. But how about your children? How about your wife? How do they speak of you? How will they speak of you when you're at home? What will they tell the world about you? As a pastor, the most important feedback I receive is not from the praises of men, but what will my children tell me after hearing the message? So I challenge every one of you, Free yourself from the opinions of others and allow yourself to see how your children or your family see you, how they see you as a person. Help them to mirror to you who you are. And after seeing that, you come to God and say, God, you know that I need to improve. I need to become better. I know that I have to be accountable before you about my leadership at home. So I pray, help me to be a better leader for your glory and honor. You know, friends, God cares for you. He desires for your eternity more than whatever blessings you may be dreaming to have in this world. God desires you to really experience the blessing that will last forever. He wants you to be with Him in eternity. And He wants also the people around you to be influenced by your walk so that they too would experience the same blessing of eternity that He promises to those who believe in Him. That is why Jesus Christ came. That is why Jesus Christ died on the cross. That is why Jesus Christ left the comfort of heaven to suffer from the very hands of these sinner people, of these people. The creation, he suffered from their hands that you and I would experience the salvation and experience the love that he has for you and also for others. And now that you belong to Jesus, he wants you to bring your family along with you, to bring your friends, to bring your neighbors with you. The question is, you will never desire to see these people loving God if you yourself do not have that personal relationship with Him. It's now between you and the Lord. And Jesus said, if you confess your sin, tell Him, agree with Him, 
he will he is faithful and righteous to forgive you and cleanse you from all your unrighteousness and God himself will help you to fix your family to start all over again by this time no longer by yourself but with Jesus who called you and Jesus will empower you with wisdom with love that your family needs thank you Jesus just be humble enough to admit it before God Father God we thank you that you know every one of us in this room you alone really know every person so I just pray Lord Jesus do not allow any one of us to leave the room without really submitting ourselves before you humbling ourselves before you admitting what we need before you for our family Lord thank you that is your greatest desire to see us really having a family that will influence the world to become better to influence the world and understand what life really means Father God thank you for allowing us also to realize that despite all our achievements Father God, they are nothing if, our fa at the, if, they were, they, if we achieve them at the expense of our own families, at the expense of our own health, at the expense of our own integrity. So I pray that we may truly live a fulfilled life as we live out our responsibility intentionally. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. So Pastor Bong will be staying in front because this is now an opportunity for us to, for you, for a couple of minutes to have some questions. Oh, my question. Yeah, <laughs> questions. Um, it's only a couple of minutes, maybe for the next five or ten minutes. If you have a question that's really raging in your mind, burning, it is an, an opportunity for you to raise your hand so that we can hand you the mi microphone. Any question whatsoever. Finances. Pastor Bong can answer it. <laughs> or any Anybody? No questions? No questions? Thank you. Good Everything night. was clear. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. Nobody? All right. Okay. Okay. So. Thank you so much.